today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Here's another important discussion that must be had. There are increasing calls for the Ontario government to declare anti-black racism a public health crisis. And I saw this headline a few days ago and I thought, hmm, with with what's going on in this day and age, with the death, not only of George, George Floyd, but many other black men and women, more often than not in the U.S., because that's what we've seen the most, but yes, it has happened here in Canada. This is an important discussion to have. So what would a anti-black racism public health crisis look like? Well, let's ask our next guest. Her name is Kate Mulligan. She's the Director of Policy and Communications at the Alliance for Healthier Communities, and she joins us now. Kate, good morning. Hi, Rick. How are you today? I'm doing okay, and how are you? I'm not too bad. So what would a public health crisis in terms of anti-black racism look like? Well, um, so our organization works with community health centers and Aboriginal health centers right across the province, and so we've been working on this for a long time, and for us, What it would mean to declare anti-Black racism as a public health crisis would be to recognize the ways in which this kind of racism really does have health effects on people, uh, to make us more accountable for the work we're doing on this, and to help us reallocate resources so that we can back back up our words and take some action. So does reallocate resources also mean defund the police? Is that part of the equation? Because that's obviously a buzzword right now. It, it could be. It could be. We've seen um, big increases in police budgets um, at the same time as we've seen cuts in health and social service budgets, for example. So that should be part of the conversation. We should all be part of that conversation as um, residents and citizens about how do we want to spend our money and how do we want to do it in a way that the evidence shows most supports um, our health and well-being as a society and our equity is a big part of our health and well-being collectively for all of us. There are several uh, organizations who have jumped on boards to uh, make this call collectively. Uh, obviously, the Alliance for Healthier Communities, which you're a part of, uh, the Black Health yeah. Community, the Black Health Alliance, and the Network for the Advance, uh, Advancement of Black Communities, as well as QP Ontario. How important is it to have Uh, a big union in this province back what this message is trying to convey. I think it's very important to have all of us backing this call. It's something that is in the best interest of everyone. Uh, We know that inequitable societies have worse health outcomes for everyone. Um, And we know that uh, they have especially terrible outcomes for black people and for indigenous people. And so it's our responsibility to take action on those and to make sure that people are having, um, you know, what we claim to have in Canada, which is fair access to to good health care and well-being. So how do we get from this thought or this call to action to actually seeing some action? Yeah, I think it's going to depend on a a few things. One is to listen to the voices of black communities and black leaders who are the experts on this. Uh, Many have been working on this anti-racism for a really long time, as well as uh, lifting up the work that black uh, communities have been doing for a long time and being resilient, supporting each other, um, and in many cases, uh, leading their own health and well-being in community health centers um, in neighborhoods that really need them. Um, so I think that's one of the most important things. And then if, if for the non-Black people who want to be allies and want to support this work, um, to really listen to that, to, to commit to learning and to unlearning your own racism and bias, 
um, and to really think hard about how we can reallocate our resources collectively um, to share, right, to, to make space at the table. If you're at a table uh, where there are no black leaders, for example, or no Indigenous leaders, um, consider what you can do to change that, uh, because we won't be able to do that without having these voices um, in leadership positions and taking taking lead at the table. It's safe to say it's not going to happen overnight. This is going to have to be obviously a slow burn because, I mean, there's been <laughs> centuries and generations of this, uh, you know, uh, whether it's a, an unbiased or biased kind of thought process. How, how, how quickly, A, can we get started and how quickly can this become a reality? Well, we can get started right now. Um, the Toronto Board of Health, for example, has already declared anti-black racism a public health crisis um, and it has a list of commitments uh, to back that up. And, and then, you know, people can hold them accountable. They can hold this board accountable for actually taking action on those commitments. So that's the kind of thing we can be doing right now. Certainly at the Alliance, we've also made commitments. There have, has, have been statements from black health leaders within the Alliance that really have to come first. And then there are statements uh, from us as a network and as an organization about we're, what we're going to do. And when we say that publicly and we make these commitments, again, we can be held accountable um, for putting our money where our mouth is and for really taking action. So I think it's doable. The thing is, though, that we have to recognize that um, these are deeply foundational structures of our society. So it, t- it does take time to, to really deeply dismantle policies and practices that were set in place hundreds of years ago um, that were explicitly racist or colonial. So it does take time, but we can start right now. Uh, Kate Mulligan is our guest. She's the Director of Policy and Communications with the Alliance for Healthier Communities here on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in for Bill today. How likely is it for the provincial governments or federal government or more city governments, municipal governments, to declare anti-black racism a public health crisis? Well, I'm hoping that it's very likely. Um, and, you know, this kind of work, it takes many years, but sometimes happens all at once. And we saw something similar with the collection of race-based and sociodemographic data. That's something that we've been calling for for a long time, so that we can track health impact. Um, and health access amongst different populations in Ontario and in Canada, including black populations, indigenous populations, LGBTQ people, and so on, who we know face uh, bigger barriers to good health and to accessing healthcare. So we were act- working on that for a really long time. And when COVID hit, um, it provided um, sort of an unfortunate but real opportunity to demonstrate why we need the data. And then the change happened quite quickly at the provincial level. Um, and it was pushed by partly by some municipalities taking action first. So I think it can happen in the same way here. We, to keep up that momentum, to demonstrate why this is important, um, and to use the opportunities that we have in front of us to really take action, people are reflecting. Um, you know, books about anti-racism and black health are flying off the shelves right now. People, um, some people might have time to, to really read them and to do the reflection and thinking that they know is important. So, we, you know, we, this is a, a new opportunity um, to take action on some of the things that many leaders, particularly in Black and Indigenous communities, have been working on for ages. And I asked the likelihood question because I would imagine if that declaration does come, whether it's at the municipal, provincial, or uh, federal government, which be the, would, would be the most powerful declaration, but that would also, I would think, come with some sort of funding, whether it's from Health Canada or the Ministry of Health. Would that be the realization to then dedicate funds once you get that race-based data to issues that need help? 
Absolutely. I think it needs to come with some funding and with some, some real programs and actions. Um, it can't be, it can't stop at just being a declaration that we know this is important. I think, uh, I'm a health researcher. I know that health researchers have spent many years just demonstrating that these, that racism and other inequities have health impacts. Um, and we need to move past just demonstrating that it's true. We have lots of evidence now. We need to start taking action. So if someone wants more information, someone wants to jump on board, someone has an idea that they should share, where should they go? They should go to allianceon.org and check out um, our work on this and on many other issues of health equity. It's a great website. It's a great conversation to be had. And let's continue this conversation. Kate, really appreciate the time today. Thank you, Rick. Kate Mulligan, Director of Policy and Communications with the Alliance for Healthier Communities. And it is a good website. Hop on board, allianceon.org. And uh, there is a page that uh, has the statement from black health leaders that anti-black racism is a public health crisis. And the first couple of sentences really grab you and kind of bring you into that conversation. Our communities are grieving. This moment is unprecedented, yet in many ways we have been here before this is a constant struggle in terms of not just in terms of racism but the health impacts of it that systemic racism when you're segregated or pushed off or kept into a community because of the color of your skin and it's a very sad predicament that many people find themselves in we have to correct that so jump onto the website continue the conversation go on to social media have those healthy conversations to make this uh, a better place the bill kelly show weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 chml